0: Welcome to the Business Power Hour hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business.
1: Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about working with professionals to give them the tools to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. We're going to have a great time today because we're going to be talking with someone who has an agency that is extremely niche oriented and the cool thing about it is it's one of those industries that so many people go, well, we don't know how to market our business. And there's actually quite a few of those businesses, and so I, it's going to be so much fun to be speaking with our guest today, so please join me in welcoming Jan Roos to our program.
0: Hey, Deb, how's it going?
1: Oh, you're absolutely fabulous, absolutely fabulous. So let me tell folks just a little bit about you. So Jan Roos is an award-winning serial entrepreneur and founder of Expert Engines, Using techniques developed while building national brands in the hyper-competitive consumer product space, his company has helped small and solo law firms in the most crowded markets in the U.S. generate hundreds of thousands in case billings every year. So there's that niche market that I was talking about, and that's law firms. But we'll we'll get to that more later. So again, Jan, welcome.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show, Deb. uh, I'm really looking forward to this combo.
1: You know, we, we really are going to have a great time because, you know, it's... it's oh, ringy, ringy, ringy. Hello. I'll, I'll play sound check. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yay. Hey.
1: Okay. Okay. Now that we have all of our noises out of the way. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I love it. Um, so, you know, first tell us why you decided to start Expert Engines.
0: Right. So um, basically, I uh, so I ended up starting out, my first business was a bootstrapped company in the consumer product space. Okay. And uh, we were actually manufacturing um, supplements for triathlon in the CrossFit industry. We had some connections in pharmaceuticals. So we were uh, trying to make a super premium product, which actually was pretty well reviewed. Uh, it ended up being a super, super competitive space. Uh, we managed to get some traction in it. But One of the things that I was responsible for is I was sort of the marketing and sales partner. Uh, My other partner was kind of more operations and finance. So the the general split was, uh, you know, uh, he got the product into the warehouse. I got it out of the warehouse and got money in the bank account. So I had to kind of be a jack of all trades and start to figure out all these different marketing things. And one of the things we ended up um, getting really excited about was paid advertising. So. But a lot of people, and this is kind of true of a lot of stuff in the marketing space, uh, marketers are generally pretty good at making the channel that they use uh, sound really exciting. Mm-hmm. And I kind of fell in hook, line, and sinker for this uh, for this paid advertising stuff. And we ended up jumping in with trying to promote our product on Google AdWords. Okay. So um, long story short, uh, I ended up totally losing my shirt on um, the, the little experiment that we did. We ended up hiring someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want to leave it to chance that it wasn't something that I had known enough about. So I wanted to hire a professional just to take that out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ended up losing the entire budget. We lost the retainer and I was just really, I was just sore as I'll get out mm-hmm. after the entire right. experience. So I was like, this is bogus. I'm going to figure out how to do this myself. Uh, So I ended up, long story short, figuring out how to do that for that company. And then um, when we initially when we eventually transitioned out of that, uh, I started doing it for other people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the thing about paid traffic that's really great is that, you know, when it works out, it's one of the fastest things that you can, can do because a lot of the channels that people talk about, it's more of like a flywheel, right. uh, you know, we're talking about stuff online, like, you know, content marketing, SEO, social media, it's awesome when you get things up and kicking, but there's a huge time and uh, an effort that's required. And sometimes a lot of spend if you're hiring someone else before you end up getting those results. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of, uh, you know, smaller local businesses, it ends up not being realistic because a lot of the times these people aren't even looking past the first month. Right. So the kind of, uh, you know, when paid traffic works, it's one of those things that you can potentially end up having money coming in, mm-hmm. um, you know, within months, weeks, sometimes even days to, uh, you know, subsidize the cost of the channel. And that's, that's what really gets me excited about uh, when we're, we're doing this stuff for clients. Right.
1: You know, and, and of course, especially with small business owners, they have a pretty finite, you know, and, and, and usually a very small budget and they definitely want the we need immediate results type of, of thing. And it does take time, you know, to, to build that audience, to find the right connections, all those various things. But you know, how when when you're talking with somebody who says, Oh my gosh, Jan, I have been you know, I've tried Facebook, I tried Twitter advertising, you know, I, I had an email newsletter, yada, 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 yada. How do you work with them to get them back on the right path to have the best bang for their buck?
0: Well, that's, that's a really good question, Deb, because sometimes that's one of the harder situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I always kind of have an easier time when somebody's new to a channel Wait, just because, like you they know, they, they don't have just
1: direct them. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Cause they're not, they're not jaded about it. Um, and the thing is that a little bit of, uh, you know, to, to, to let you under the, uh, the kimono for to, to how we actually end up doing it. Mm-hmm. The thing is that a lot of these things are kind of positioned as being easier than they are. So I'll, I'll take the example of Google AdWords because it's something that we do all the time. Okay. Um, you know, this is one of the reasons that we ended up, um, you know, having that huge loss the first time we tried it is because the way that these things are positioned in the industry. And this comes from high on up from Google is that it's all about the traffic. Right. Uh, it's all about the clicks, the keywords, uh, you're going get, you get the ads, and then the, 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 this is what people are talking about. Then, um, you know, basically you're showing a very effective way to, um, you know, give Google your credit card and get clicks going on your site. Um, and I always say it's very easy to spend money on the Internet, It's it's a lot harder to make it back. So in the instance of Google, um, you know, one of the things that people don't talk about a lot is, you know, that post-click experience is really where you end up getting paid. Right. because you're paying Google at the point of the click when they come to your website if they're not picking up the phone and calling you uh, mm-hmm. or filling out a form or you know whatever it is uh, there's no chance that you're going to actually get that person as a right. customer so
1: it's like you just took that money and threw it out the window
0: exactly so 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 to get those things to work um you know you you kind of need to have more of a holistic uh, approach for some of those things and the thing is that you know and this is funny enough i mean i, I we speak with with companies mm-hmm. of all sizes and sometimes you know We've uh, we've audited firms that have tens of thousands of dollars of, of AdWords spend that aren't are following these best practices. And, you know, maybe it's because they're in a place that's financially comfortable where they don't need those results, or maybe they're getting some sort of results. But I like to say, you know, a lot of the times it's, you know, you can drive a car with three tires, but... <laughs> to right. work a lot better You're if you have all circle. four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the times it's, and, and the thing is that these things do move so quickly mm-hmm. that a lot of the times, you know, sometimes I talk with people who were having trouble three or four years ago, and some of the things that have happened since then uh, might make it happen with, with a new go. So I think, uh, you know, the thing with marketing is, especially with, with getting people, is, is you need to make sure uh, it's like that old Einstein quote, you know, if, uh, you know, there's there's nothing crazier than trying the same thing and expecting different results. Right. So, uh, you know, we, we you Usually, when we're getting those people, we have to show them that uh, what we're trying is indeed different. And if it's something that they've tried before and it's it's similar, I'll you know, so I'll, I'll be the first person to say, "Hey, look, you know, if you tried this and it didn't work out for you, then and we're doing the same thing, um, you know, there's there's no reason that that this is going to work this time, you know."
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, one of the things that you know, when people come to me, especially with you know online advertising, is they have <coughs> excuse me the 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 fallacy that the more people they can reach the better it is. And and I always try and tell them it's not quantity, it's quality. You know, just because you ran a Facebook ad that was shown to, you know, 10,000 people doesn't mean that 10,000 people are going to come to your business. You know, it, it it might have been better to have actually shown it to just a hundred or same thing with Google AdWords. You know, maybe you only got two people to click, but those two people are going to give your business five thousand dollars. So how do you really work with businesses to get that fine tuning down?
0: Well, that, yeah, that's another good question. So there's there's kind of two parts to it. So yeah, this is another uh, you know it's the old Mike Tyson line. You know, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. And uh, when a lot of the times the best the best constructed plans end up kind of falling apart once you're in the marketplace mm-hmm. and you're seeing how these things react. So there's kind of two parts. So you can kind of have an idea, and you know this is this is kind of where experience comes into play. The more that you have experience in the market, the more you're going to have an idea of what's going to work when, when you're starting. But the reality is, and the thing is that, you know, I, I, I battle with this stuff all the time because a lot of times, um, you know, marketers are kind of positioning themselves as having all the answers or being hundred percent confident, but you know, to be completely honest, every time you're working with a new business, it's the first combination of that business with that kind of messaging, with that audience and that geography. And it's, it's really different. And the thing is that there, there's really no blanket prescription. So you can kind of go in with having the best ideas, mm-hmm. but um, you know the reality is it's a, a lot of the the fine tuning actually happens from seeing this data, and the data is something that you know you're going to have a lot of access to, especially with online. And then you know you might say that for some um, you know for some people. Uh, in some markets, you know, you might be able to get better results for, you know, car accidents if it's a personal injury firm, for example, for other people, you know, it might be, uh, you know, different areas, you might be more likely to find stuff for slip and falls or, you know, personal injury cases or something. So, right. um, you know, uh, sight unseen, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to see where these things go. So it's a lot of that is, it's kind of the adjusting, which is, you know, why you have to keep doing this day in and day out.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and you just said one of the key words and that's Adjusting. And I think that's where so many business owners fall behind is they pick their keywords, they pick their, you know, their demographics, all those things, and then they never look at the results first of all. And then more importantly, they never adapt and change.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is that, you know, that's also you know, assuming that the internet marketing world is standing still, that would be bad advice because um, because you know that's the thing. It's like things are going to change. You have competitors entering. You have different things. But you know, to add another level of complexity to that, you also have new features that are coming out all the time. And then right. the thing is, you know, we see some really awesome stuff coming in when we incorporate these things before anyone else does. I mean, I'll tell you a, a cool example. Um, you know, so we do some stuff in the um, the family law space. And one of the things is that, you know, it's a completely different story if you had somebody who's, you know, uh, a woman who's looking for a child custody lawyer versus a man who's looking for a child custody right. lawyer. And uh, one of the things that Google ended up ruling out at the end of last year was the ability to target by demographics. So we basically took every single family law client we had, we split it in half, and we had special ads and special landing pages going to those different uh, you know, the, uh, those different demographics. And we saw our results go up like gangbusters because we were the first people in a lot of these markets to say, Hey, you know, are you looking to get, uh, you know, uh, custody of your child back from your husband, you know, and that's, that's a completely different message than your spouse. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, that's the kind of thing. So it's like, you know, on top of doing all the adjusting, there's also, you know, a, a you know, big opportunity to, to capitalize on these things as soon as they come out.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and you're right. Everything, you know, it, it is always kind of in constant flux, especially Google, you know, because they love to tweak it and, and change their algorithms and, and all those various things. Because, of course, for them, the better they make their product, the more people are going to use it and uh, um, spend money with them. You
0: know? <laughs> Absolutely. And
1: so, you know, it's because, you know, years ago, years, years ago, yeah, you know, when we first started doing things like this, People, you know, when when you were doing websites, you know, you put your keywords in and now, you know, those those really, yes, you have to have keywords, but they're no longer really hard coded in in a lot of ways and, and some things like that. And there were people who would put their competitors names in there, you know, and and all these various things thinking that, okay, when, you know, when I'm searching for, say, family law, I'm going to put a big, well-known competitor in there. And and my stuff will come up. Well, of course, you know, Google figured that out really quickly that that was not a good thing to be doing. And it's it's not. And so, you know, they eliminated that all these various things that Google has done to tweak things have actually made it better for the advertisers in the long run.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing, too, because it's, you know, as long as if if somebody is looking for big firm X, Y, Z and they're coming to the wrong site, then, you know, next time they might Go to Yahoo instead of Google, so they you know they absolutely have the best interest of the consumer at heart. Because again, like, you know the ads, the ads, uh, AdWords is still you know, arguably, if you talk to some of the Silicon Valley, I think the only successful product that Google's actually ever put out. Mm-hmm. So it's paying the bills for all the you know robotic dogs and all that cool right, stuff right. that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Aside, yeah,
1: it's funny when we were talking about being specific. I saw um, uh, it was a case study one time about somebody who was looking for a job, and you know, fresh out of school, you know, all those various things. And he actually did a Google ad that was specifically had the name of the person he was trying to reach. And I mean, it was the funniest thing because it was very successful. I mean, you know, it, it popped up not only in that person's newsfeed, but other people who like were connected with that guy and, and all, and they were like, Oh, my gosh, have you seen this ad that is, you know, and, and you know, it, that's a li- that's really specific. I mean, because, you know, he was looking for one person, but it does go to show that the more specific you can be, the more likely you are to reach who you're trying to reach.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing too. So it's like, you know, we're always looking for who are the most responsive people Mm -hmm. in a given market with a given set of keywords. Uh, But yeah, that's the thing too. I mean, mean, it also kind of uh, kind of goes into like, you know, we're, we're kind of, I'm, I'm sort of a disciple of the whole direct response mindset. So it's, Mm -hmm. you know, we're looking to, you know, as, as opposed to, to more general brand marketing, it's like, you know, awareness at the end of the, at the end of the month, what, what we're usually sending our clients, we're not sending, Oh, okay, cool. Hey guys, we got all these impressions. We showed up for these mm-hmm. keywords. And I see what, you know, sometimes people send me what competitors have been sending them. And it's usually some, you know, 29 page PDF, right. <laughs> like just bombing them with data. And, and, you know, my opinion, a lot of the times is because they, they know that they're, they're sort of, sort of trying to obscure things. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we literally just said, Hey, look, here are the calls that came in here, are the emails that came in, which one of these clothes and the retainers. And we'll get more of those. So at the end of the day, we're we're always looking for the people who are gonna actually you know pick up the phone and call and, and ideally like from there you know, pick a, pick up a, pick up their checkbook and sign one over over for the clients because otherwise you know the, a lot of the uh, the impression stuff doesn't matter and like it's well, but it's also uh, it's also kind of challenging especially with some of these things um, on uh, like Facebook for example uh, they have some really cool ways of doing this with programmatic advertising where sometimes a bigger pool is actually kind of used to get the, uh, the more specific people. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is kind of, a uh, this is kind of, have you, uh, have you done any experimentation with, that uh, with Facebook advertising, dub?
1: Uh, slightly, but not an awful lot. So yeah. walk us through it.
0: So this is really cool. And, and it's, it's something that I've been, I've been working on for some clients for the past. Uh, I, actually I, I've been doing Facebook advertising you know, for even before I was doing Ad, uh, AdWords advertising, but, uh, mm-hmm. You know, Recently, we've kind of gotten back into it because it's really exciting from a cost per lead perspective. So, you know, if if you have something, um, you know, you're dealing with the cost per click on Google and that generally is is not going to change very much. And sometimes we'll even go up as competition. So you know, if you were to graph the cost per clicks on Google over time, it's going up and to the right. But at the same time, if you're optimizing, you're you're getting, you know, you're honing down the keywords that work for you, you can generally expect that to go down. But you know, if you're getting a cost per lead of say $50, um, you know, you're never gonna get that down to five. Right. Uh, if you're doing really good, you might get that down to you know forty <laughs> or thirty-five. But you know, it's that's that's a that's gonna be a long process and it could take years. Um, the thing about Facebook is the, you know, it's usually a little bit slower to take on the uptick, but you know, we've seen cost per leads going from 70 to 50 to 25 to, mm-hmm. to 10 to 15. Right. And the reason that that happens is that they're actually doing some stuff on the back end with uh, machine learning. Oh. So. If you took, um, you know, one of the ones we've been doing this a lot for is uh, we actually do some stuff in dental practices as well. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, if you take the entire population of, I don't know, Dallas, Fort Worth, um, you're showing an ad to all the people that are, uh, you know, we're sh- you're showing an ad to people about veneers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once you have 10 people that end up, you know, click, uh, it's uh, going through that ad and actually signing up for the, you know, offer that you have. Then Facebook has this this small model of okay what do these ten people have in common and this can be stuff like you know gender stuff they like time of day um, they have so many data points that there's a lot of stuff to work with so you kind of have a rough idea and they find the next ten people that look like that and you repeat that a process over and over again when you have a hundred people it's a much stronger model so they know that these are these are the hot buttons and they just start showing the ad to that people and that's how. You end up getting that, so it's it's kind of almost an automatic way. And there's definitely stuff that you have to do from uh, you know an ad copy perspective to massage that. It's not right. totally automatic, mm-hmm. but um you know that's that's how they have the potential to do that stuff. And it's it's really cool that some of these things are happening these days where you can actually um you know it's 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 taking advantage of some of this technology to really facilitate that whole idea of getting in front of the right person.
1: Right. You know, and and it is just absolutely critical to find those right people. You know, I was working with an assisted living company for quite a long time. And, you know, I would tell them that the people they're trying to reach are not potential residents. It's somebody like me. And, and, you know, a lot of times they would look at me and say, and I said, no, no, I'm who's going to decide where mom or dad go, you know, and, and, and I said, yeah, it's great if mom looks at it and goes, Oh, that looks pretty. And no, oh, look, there's my friend Hazel and, you know, all those various things, but. It it really is the the female woman of a certain age and a certain demographic and, you know, income level, all those various things, who are their potential market as opposed to who they kind of actually think it is.
0: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. You
1: know, and and then you toss in actual – physical, you know, brick and mortar type of things, um, because clearly they were brick and mortar. The law firms you work with are, you know, they, you know, those have to be very specific because, of course, you know, if you've got a, a, an attorney in New York showing the ad to folks in California does nothing because they can't practice out there, um, you know, and, and so again, that's where people, you know, they're, they're thinking, oh, but I want as many people to see it as possible. No, you want the right people to see it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and the thing is, and you know, this—it's kind of funny too. On, on AdWords, there's there's some pretty serious penalties for getting that wrong. Right. Um, like I know people like this is this this to me is total insanity, but like um, if you were to bid on the term just lawyer. In uh, in New York City, uh, that ends up being like you know close to a 150 two hundred dollar click, which is absolutely insane. I mean, the highest stuff you'll usually see in a place like that is around fifty for personal injury. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, that's the thing is that you know if you could have somebody clicking, and the thing is that you end up seeing a lot of personal injury firms bidding on terms like this, mm-hmm. uh, just because they make so much per case. But you know, what if you have somebody who wants to dispute a line on their lease? You know, that person right. could be a five, I and mean, they, they probably don't even have somebody who could handle that at the office. You just mm-hmm paid $200 for that click. So, mm-hmm. you know, but me an mTOR on, uh, on uh, trying to get the, the stuff that's not targeted.
1: Right, right. Well, now you mentioned a term that people who aren't familiar with Google AdWords might not know, and that's bidding. What do you mean when you say bidding?
0: Right. So um, there's, there's a short answer and a long answer to this, Deb. So we'll start with a short one. Um, uh, basically when you're going out and building a Google AdWords campaign, you will tell Google that I'm willing to pay this much per click. Okay. So you can technically bid whatever you want, but the reality is it's like, you know, there's, there's only so much available. Right. So uh, sometimes people will tell me something like, okay, what's it going to cost for me to be on top of Google every single day in the top position? Mm-hmm. And what I tell them is, a, I don't really know what that number is because it depends on how many people click. This isn't like renting a billboard, right? And uh, two, that's not always the most effective thing. Mm-hmm. So, in order to show at the top of the auction, you have to have the highest bid. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of getting into the longer. This is kind of the longer answer. Is basically what Google's looking to do is to maximize the amount of money that they're making per search, right? So if, uh, you know, let's say that I have an ad that is going to get clicked on 5% of the time and I'm bidding a hundred dollars per click. Mm -hmm. So basically every single time on average, Google shows that ad, they're going to make $5. Mm -hmm. So let's say that there's somebody else who's bidding uh $200 and they end up, uh, getting a 1% click-through rate because their ad isn't as, as good as mine, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so whenever Google shows that ad, then they're making on average $2.00. So it's basically a combination of how much money that you're bidding and how often people are clicking on your ad that determines which one's going to show up at the top. Right. So there's a bit of a, you know, so you, you get a bit of a discount for, for having effective ads, which again goes into that targeting that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically the, uh, the, cost, the, uh, the, the cost per click is, is what you're allowing to pay. So the thing is, you know, if you're in an auction and like, you know, if, if there's, there's some markets that are that are really, really competitive. Um, you know, personal injuries is one of the ones that comes to mind. It's, you know, consistently, you know, the most expensive clicks in, in basically any market you go into. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if people are bidding 40 or $50 per click and you, you say you want to bid five, then, you know, you might get a $5 click, but you might get one click every three months. Right. So it's kind of the balance between, you know, how much am I, what's realistic? What can I actually get the volume with? And what am I willing to pay? Mm-hmm. Um, and the reality is it's like, you know, it all kind of depends. And, and this is the real knack of getting paid traffic to work to you. Um, it's, you know, you're going to pay for every single click that you have. And that is a turnoff for a lot of people. But if you're in the mindset where you've, you've moved past the point where you're spending money to make money, which is a huge journey for every single small business owner, um, you have to be okay with spending money by knowing what you're getting back. So, you know, I always say this, it's like, you know, if, if, you know, if I could say I'll give you $5 right now, I'll sell you $5 for a dollar. Is that something you take? Mm -hmm. And did, did you just spend a dollar Did you just make four? Mm -hmm. Um, and it all depends on, and the thing is that like, you know, but part of the reason I, I, I like to focus on law firms, uh, for, for the company is that they actually have the sales cycle where that's realistic. If you have somebody who is a, you know, let's say that they had a relative die and they have a probate case that's coming up. Um, they don't have an option. They need to, they need to hire somebody that day. So if they get the case in and, you know, it's, it's state by state, some people uh, you have to, to wait, but that's kind of complicated. But anyway, right. um, if, they, if they're able to sign a retainer, chances are, it's like, you know, they're going to be able to get money in their checking account before Google can even charge their account. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where it really gets attractive. But, um, yeah, it's all about spending the money to make money and then, you know, having having the idea of, of what you need to do in order to, to get like a given ROI is really important because right. it's like, you know, some people just want the cheapest thing. So if you want that personal injury lawyer who's who's like, you know, I'm going to bid five dollars per click, um, you know, let's say that I'm getting a five percent conversion rate. So I'm, I'm paying one hundred dollars per call and you're expecting to get cases. That, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, we have cases, if you have closing a, a case that's $100,000 settlement, you basically cut it in three, that's what the personal injury lawyer makes. So it's, you know, it's, it's like, do you really need to make, uh, you know, $33,000 divided by a $100, you know, profit, you know, it's okay. like, that's, it's not really realistic. But if you know your numbers really well, um, you know, how many calls you're going to be able to close, that ends up being really, really important, especially with law firms. Mm-hmm. So if you know that, if I if I, you know, if you can pay $100 a call, you can close one in five, you can pay $500 for a client. Then you should be okay with spending you know that much money if you're gonna be making you know five or ten thousand dollars from that retainer. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's not a question of you know how much you're spending. It's just you know what's really the cash flow? You know mm-hmm. it's like if we're making you know five to one, it's like you know do you need do you have the budget to make you know twenty thousand dollars from AdWords this month? or do you want to make fifty thousand dollars from AdWords this month? Right. It all depends on and then but it's basically, you know it's it's usually uh, a big part of the journey. Is getting to the point where you have that input output, and then but once you're there, um, you know that's just a question of cash flow and scaling.
1: Right. Well, and then it, the other thing is the the inventory, and in the, the case of, of attorneys, it's time. You know, how right. many hours do they have in a day? And that's sometimes where I see people mess up is they will make something. Oops, are you still there? Um, they yep. they make something so spectacular that you know. Say they're they you know uh, giving away a free Rolex to the first people who call. Well, you know, sure, a hundred people are going to call because they want a free Rolex. Well, what if they only had five Rolexes, you know, to, to give away, or you know, all those various things. Or, um, you know, I I worked with a, a company one time that, um, they were uh it was a hair salon and they were fairly new and so of course they were trying to expand their market, and so it was you know respond to this ad and get half off on your haircut. Well, you know that was great. Except they got too many phone calls. And, you know, and, and this was this was actually a direct mail campaign as opposed to, to um, a, an online campaign. But, you know, they did. They got too many phone calls. And then the problem was they had to turn people away, you know, because if somebody wanted that service and it doesn't matter, hairstyling, you know, legal, all of those things, they don't want it five weeks from now. You know, that need in in many cases is now, you know, I want that right now or within maybe the next couple of days so you have to look at what your own capacity is to be able to fulfill the demand that you might create.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is actually some of the reasons that you know we've we've had some some prospects we've advised to wait because it's like you know you have to start this campaign. That's a thing, you know. Uh, especially in you know twenty twenty seventeen, we're in an instant gratification culture right now. So mm-hmm. if, if you even if you have all that stuff, and that's a thing too. It's like look. Um, it's hard enough to survive as a small business when you have people that are willing to come in right now so it's uh, people don't need to set up an additional hurdle to do that but yeah I mean that's the thing too if you have the position where you have a lot of calls coming in and, and it's it's like how can I find people to uh, to take care of this do you have to staffing I call uh, you know I call staffing a champagne problem because <laughs> yeah. you figure that out it's, it's it's definitely it's definitely a good place to be but mm-hmm. again it's a whole different organizational cycle and people have to think about how their marketing is going to figure in with that mm-hmm. because um, you know, that's, you know, it's, it's going to take time off of you if you hire somebody. A lot of the times, it's, you know, eventually it's going to get to the point where you're going to take the pressure off. But right. until that day comes, you know, you're probably going to be working twice as hard getting this person on board.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, and if there is lag time and say you know, maybe you ran the ad on Facebook, you know, well, then you've got a really tricky situation because say I see an ad on Facebook for you know, an an attorney, and and I call them and they say, oh good golly, we're so busy we can't get to you for five weeks. Then I go back to that Facebook ad and I post, don't bother calling them; they're too busy to work with you. Oh, you know, geez. and and so that's a good, and, and you know, or maybe it's you know a restaurant that said you know, hey, free appetizer, or you know, and and then you got there and and there were no free appetizers. You know, all those various things. That's where it's so tricky on social media because everybody will, you know, it's funny. People are very, you know, reluctant to praise, but holy schmoly, they jump on that bandwagon to complain.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the good thing about that is you have a little bit of, um, you have a little bit of control with that for, um, for, for paid traffic just because, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll stop the ads the minute you hit pause. Um, right. or, or, or a credit card payment balances for that matter. Right. But it's like, literally it's, a, you know, if somebody gets to, totally crazy, uh, I had a client and, it, you know, sometimes it's just for lifestyle. So I've had a client who's, um, going on a vacation with his family. Uh, so we're pausing the ads while he's out because he's not going to be able to take the, the high level consultations. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, no, I totally agree when, I, especially the stuff that, you know, the longer the lag time, um, definitely the harder it is to manage. But I think, you know, if, if there's, as long as it's not um, you know something that's one of those true flywheels like social media mm-hmm. or um, or you know SEO or something like that you um, usually can can kind of test small I mean something with like direct mail like you brought up it's like you know a smaller mailing first to see what what you know trying to get back to again that unit cost we send out a hundred mailers what the, what's got, that's gonna look like um, you know kind of fire fire the bullets first and then and then follow up with the cannonballs is a way that you can kind of mitigate that, right. but again, mm-hmm. yeah. You got to be prepared for success, <laughs>
1: right? You know, and, and that's of course the tricky thing for for people is, you know, especially a small business owner. They again, they're thinking, oh my gosh, we have to get bodies in the door, cash coming in, you know, phone calls ringing, and they don't really think the whole plan out, um, you know, and and so they that is, you know, and and we've seen it happen where you know you, they get too many, or you know, again, we got crickets because they didn't target it closely enough.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's classic uh, eyes too big for the stomach syndrome.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, tell us a little bit about the book that you have written. Right.
0: right. So uh, this was a book I ended up uh, <laughs> wrote it a little bit at the end of last year. We ended up publishing it in I want to say March, but uh, yeah, it's called the Legal Marketing Fast Lane. So it's kind of a so it's 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 written specifically for lawyers about the process that we've used to get as much success as we've had with AdWords. So the the kind of promise that, that we make to our clients is when we start up. So, you know, we uh, built most of our test accounts right here in New York City, which is like one of the most... Uh, competitive markets for basically everything related to AdWords. So almost invariably, when we take this to a different place, these campaigns perform really well because a lot of the time there's less competition. Mm -hmm. So most of the time when we have, you know, a campaign that's proven, so we've, you know, we've done so many campaigns for personal injury law, which I keep coming back to, um, you know, when we open that, we're typically seeing the phone ring within the first 72 hours. And the reason for that is because we've basically figured out what happens and, you know, we know what people resonate with from, you know, the landing pages perspectives. We know what kind of campaigns are going are to happen. And, you know, aside from situations where somebody can't take a certain kind of case, which is something we ask during onboarding, we more or less know what's going to work when we turn it on. So basically, uh, we kind of show the best practices that we do. So that somebody in a in a law firm could could potentially take us up and and work for themselves. Mm-hmm. So and the thing is, it's it's you know I don't consider AdWords the end all be all of marketing for legal or for you know any any business for that matter. It's a tool in the toolbox. But the reason that I like it for um, for small law firms is, like I said, you can you can get that money back in the business quickly, mm-hmm. so that you might be able to reinvest in in scaling your campaign up. Or that could be the fuel that you're using to expand into other marketing channels, or hire more associates, or you know, take take a longer vacation, whatever you want to do. So I wrote the book for it's 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 a bona fide process for for literally taking what we do for clients and doing it for for someone else. So it takes people through um, AdWords, different stuff around the conversion marketing, era, so the conversion rate optimization, and and actually the analytics. So I, I can kind of consider the the three pillars of, of any online marketing channel, you have to have some kind of traffic, you have to have some kind of conversion, you have to make sure that you know what you're doing, otherwise you're flying blind. So we, we actually take them through a process of doing that. And in addition to that, we have some some ancillary stuff. Um, I mentioned this briefly before, but we have an entire chapter on how to close leads that are coming in. Um, because basically all this stuff is for not if uh, if you're not actually you know getting these people right. to come into the office mm-hmm. and it's it's crazy I know I've, I have some horror stories and and it's nutty when you're when you're talking about people who are potentially playing like you know I've, I've had personal injury firms paying fifty dollars a click and um, you know when their secretary answers the phone, they just go, Hello. <laughs> it's oh, like, good. it's just like, say it's saying, I'm sort of,
1: sorry, I dialed the wrong number. Clear. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, this is kind of one of the things that's really, really challenging, um, about, uh, you know, what, what we do for clients is that, you know, sometimes we can do a bang up job, but if, you know, if you're multiplying by zero at the level of, of, um, intake, then, you know, it, it doesn't matter how good the jobs, the, the leads that came in. Um, right. and, and the, the reality is, uh, you know, legal is, is a very, very interesting space Uh, because, and this is, this is, I kind of ended up going into a a little bit of the weeds on the history of this stuff. Um, have you ever read the, the Melville short story, Bartleby, the Scrivener? Uh, well, I had to read this in, in like English like class when I was in high school. But basically, it's a it's, it's a story of this disgruntled um, this disgruntled clerk, which was a pretty common like you know position in the eighteen hundreds. It just had these clerks who would do all of their document preparation and all this stuff, and they just worked these guys to the bone, and there was really no promotion path for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, the whole profession of law came from the unionization of these clerks. So they codified um, you know the practice of running these documents, which ended up being you know the legal profession. Um, but basically, the the whole origin of the legal field was a rebellion from the general business culture. Mm. So one of the things is that, you know, there are no CEOs uh, of, of law firms, the biggest law firms in the world. Every single person is running it. Every partner is required to have a jurisdoctorate. Mm-hmm. So basically, a lot of there's there's a lot of um, you know some of the stuff that you'd consider pretty uh, you know pretty standard in, in a business you know you wouldn't meet anyone who is a uh, you know running a plumbing industry, uh, plumbing company who would tell you that sales is unimportant but um there's a lot of strange tropes in the the legal field like good lawyers don't market or you know uh, you have to you know your brand should speak for itself you have to just do good work and things are going to come to you, which is you know that's it's literally one-on-one level business stuff in almost any industry, but that's, that's what they're stuck with just because right. of the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that becomes really challenging is that you, you're, you're typically, and you know, the thing is that the, the law firms that have this figured out are always off to the races and are usually the biggest ones in, in their market. Um, if you can have qualified people that are answering the calls, that can give legal advice. Um, usually, you know, ideally this the associates. sometimes it's a paralegal. Um, but you know, that's, that's great because a lot of the times when people are calling, they want an answer right then and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, some of the smaller ones, and, you know, sometimes it's, you know, if, if you have just so if you're a solo partner and you just have a secretary or something like that, you can't afford an associate or something like that. Um, a lot of the times you have the person who's, you know, has the the because um, the receptionist is is really the, the gatekeeper to the whole thing. Right. And that receptionist, most of the time, if you're talking about an office full of lawyers, that's that's the lowest paid person in the entire office. Right. And, and
1: they're going to end up costing or making you the, the most money.
0: Exactly. So it's crazy. I mean, if you look at any other business – uh, you know, typically the, you know, the, the top selling salesperson is usually, you know, aside from senior leadership, the top salespeople are typically the most, uh, you know, the highest compensated employees, but there's just not a standard for that. Um, so, you know, getting this, getting this stuff up, uh, and we have, we have an entire chapter on kind of best practices for getting people into that stuff, which is, you know, drawn from experience in a lot of other industries. But, um, yeah, that's like, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff that we have in it. So, and the other thing too, is that, uh, you know, we have a big, um, I'm I'm kind of an old-timey marketing geek so I, I have a, a whole uh, you know a whole section of the book is kind of dedicated towards evaluating channels that aren't AdWords um, you know it's kind of the justification for what AdWords works for um, as well as 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 where you might want to continue and and the thing is that it, it's it's ultimately you know I'm not stand, you know it's not like standing you know on top of the mountain and saying oh this is bad this is good this is bad it's it's really more about giving people the tools to say okay look what do I have to con- consider when when introducing this channel? You know, what's this gonna that's what's this gonna impact on my cash flow? And you know, what are the, the potentials? Because you know, I also see. I I, I will freely admit this, and it, it's like you know, a lot of the times, sometimes you know, it's a channel like AdWords will. You know, there's pros and cons. It, it gets off the gate pretty quickly, but like I said, you know, your cost per lead is going to be relatively fixed, um, and you're going to have to keep paying it for for a long time. But it's like you know, a lot of times, you know, we see people doing great things when they're combining a linear channel like AdWords with. Um, uh, One of those flywheel type channels, like, you know, if you're getting something like content marketing or social media or SEO off the ground at the same time. So you're kind of, you know, building this asset, which is going to pay off in, you know, whatever, however long it takes. And in the meantime, you're, you're, you're making sure cash is coming in the door with something like that. So right. just kind of the tools to, to help somebody navigate and, and, you know, try to um, undo some of the damage that's, mm-hmm. that's done from these uh, really, really expensive myths that a lot of, uh, a lot of law firms believe.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, you know, a lot of them don't want to be seen as the, you know, I'm putting this in my little air quotes, ambulance chasers, Yeah. you know, and, and all of those various things. <clears throat> so that is why they're very cautious.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely, I mean, it's a lot of people, and, and you see this outside of law too, because it's it's like, you know, you, you kind of have this, you know, there's, there's this perception that if you have to market that you're needy. But if you, if you look at a lot of the times the you know, the fastest growing companies, are a lot of the times the one, you know, with the exception of, you know, the crazy once in a million companies like, you know, Facebook and stuff like that. Um, a lot of the times it's it's the marketing that's going to get you from, you know, answering your own phones and being a solo partner to, to getting past the million, 10 million mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically, but it's it's, I, I think part of this is, you know, there's this perception I don't want to be needy. But I also think part of this is kind of a, uh, you know, a feel of a fear of, of failure. You know, it's like, you know, I don't want to, so when, before, if, you know, if, if you want to say, oh, you know, well, whatever, we're not the biggest guys in town, but we don't market. Right. So mm-hmm. if, you know, if you end up not having a big practice five or 10 years from now, then you can say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I don't really try to do that. That's, that's not, but, um, look, if you try and fail, that's uh that's something that you have to take responsibility for mm-hmm. and that's i think that's what holds a lot of people back but again on the other side of that fear ends up being, you know, the position where you're hiring people and, you know, expanding your budget and expanding your firm. So, um, and, and and it really, it's it's not for everyone. And, and you know, I, I don't mean to be uh, to like too like woo-woo about this, but um, <laughs> yeah, so I try to avoid being a, being a psychologist as much as possible. If I can just stick to the, uh, I can just stick to running the ads. That's usually, that's usually what helps.
1: Right. Well, you know, and, and one of the things you talk about is, you know, the asset of who answers your phone Kind of the, the similar type of thing is, you know, if you're sending people to a website, what does that look like? Um, you know, and, and I mean, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I see people really fall down on, especially if they're a small business owner is, you know, they send people to a website if they even have a website. Now, to, for, for Google ads, you have to have a website. I and, mean, you know, this is just, you yeah. know, it, it's sending people somewhere. And so, you know, if you're not sending them, to a website that maybe answers their initial questions, you know, or doesn't answer questions at all. You know, I went to somebody's website and it was a picture. That was, And it was like, okay, Um, there were no drop downs, nothing. I mean, I couldn't find anything else about them. So that is one of those key pieces. You know, if you're doing any type of online advertising and sending somebody to a website, then that website had better hit it out of the ballpark every time.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and, and like there's, there's also like um, you know, people who have ugly websites. It's you know, especially if, if you're if you're thinking about somebody who's hiring a lawyer. Like a lot of the times, it's like you know, I need to trust that this person's going to be thorough when they're reading documents, when they're sending correspondence to the opposing counsel, all this kind of thing. And, and you know, what does it really say about somebody if uh, you know if they have a sloppy website? It's like or a you know, typo this typo
1: or grammatical errors. Oh my heavens!
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, going a step beyond that too, one of the things that we've seen work really, really effectively with, um, you know, with a lot of these law firms is making sure that people are going to, you know, specific pages for the practice. Cause basically, um, you know, we can assume by the time that somebody and and the you know, the space where a lot of this AdWords stuff lives is is basically and if if you know if, if somebody isn't a lawyer and they're still listening this far, God bless you. But um, basically, if you want to know whether something's going to work for you for AdWords, it's usually stuff where it's 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 a relatively known quantity. So you know, if somebody's typing in personal injury attorney. Um, You know, you don't need to convince them what a personal injury attorney is or what they do. Um, They've already made the decision to hire a personal injury attorney. They're just needed to decide now which personal injury attorney they're going to to, uh, think. Um, So basically, and, and, you know, this kind of goes for any area of law. We also want to, you know, there's this kind of, it's a subtle but very effective strategy where we split out the different services and we make separate pages for each. Mm-hmm. So for for that personal injury attorney, we we need to have a different case, you know, a different page for a car accident uh, versus somebody who had a wrongful death in their family. Mm-hmm. And when they see that ad that says wrongful death, standing out in a, a sea of ads that just say personal injury attorney, and they click on that ad, and it goes straight to a page about wrongful death. Um, it sounds very very simple, but there's this kind of perception of like this is what these guys specialize in, right? And this is the person I want to call.
1: Well, and, you know, that we can't emphasize enough that the easier you make it for the consumer, the customer, the client, the whatever we want to call them, the better it is. You know, if I'm looking for, say, a personal injury attorney and even something even more specific in there, say, you know, for, um, you know, a a medical reason, Mm. you know, if I just go to their main website, I could get lost pretty easily, you know, and, and. And, you know, if I have to click through and click through and click through and click through, okay, I got bored or I went to the next person on the list that gave me the information directly.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You see that all the time. And, and then it's kind of funny that the numbers will bear this out as well. So I uh, there's actually this really great study done by WordStream. Who is, uh, they provide software for a lot of pay-per-click, and they did this on tens of thousands of companies. So the, uh, the average conversion rate for a PPC campaign in the legal space is about six percent. So if you take that $50, if you take that $50 click for personal injury law and you say it's, you know, about one in 20 is going to click, it's, it costs a thousand dollars to make the phone ring. But what goes into that is that, that kind of thing. It's, it's, you know, you have something that's tough to navigate, Um, You know, in my opinion, you need to have the ability to contact someone directly on the page that they're landing on from an ad because they are not going to take the time. You're paying way too much to to hope that they're going to take the right path that you set out for them. Um, But, you know, when we're implementing these best practices, uh, you know, we're getting conversion rates upwards of 20 or 30 percent. So, you know, that 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 cost that's per call gets huge me. rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's um you know, it's you, you can't achieve that in every single market, but where there's a problem that people need to solve immediately and you're following these best practices, that's that's something that's absolutely achievable.
1: Right. Well, and I want to talk about some specific examples because you know, people can get a little bit confused and and what I encourage folks to do is before you spend the money, look first. You know, type your keywords into Google, see what might come up, you know, all those various things. So, you know, I just typed in personal injury lawyer Atlanta to see what mm-hmm. would come up. And the, so, anytime you do something like that, the first four are the paid ads. You know, and it says ad, so you know that, you know, and, and, but it's interesting because it's, there's over 1 million results in Atlanta. I actually would have thought there were more, but, you know, there's only a million. So the first one comes up, and I won't, you know, anybody can do this on their own, but um, the first one just sends to the main page on their website. But the text under it is pretty specific about them. Over 1 billion recovered, aggressive attorneys. Call 24-7, free consultation. Trusted since 1984. And then they list some of their services. So, okay, you know, that's pretty good. Well, then the next ad down, the, the title is No Recovery, No Legal Fees, Consult Personal Injury Lawyer. So that's pretty interesting. And then the, the URL that you click through is the law firm slash free consult slash injury lawyer. So that gets back to exactly what we were saying. You're going to get something very specific. And then I love this one that's just a little bit further down. It's it's the fourth ad where it is, actually it's the third ad, and the, the title is Injury Lawyer, call the person's name, and then the click-through is to their actual call us and contact information page. And and then they're text in there says someone you love suffer an accidental death call today for a free consultation i mean that's pretty specific um you know and 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 so the the reason that i like specificity is you know if that's not what i'm looking for i'm not going to waste my time or their time calling to say hey you know can you can you help me with this
0: yeah, well, I would say that's it's it's actually interesting. I would probably recommend that those guys would would have an ad running like that for terms like wrongful death attorney. Um, right. I definitely like how they're targeting the, the specific person because you know obviously you're not going to be <laughs> searching for the ad if you were the unfortunate victim of a wrongful death. But um, yeah, no, that's because TV ads like that. <laughs> <laughs> are, like, are you TV. dead?
1: <laughs> and, and there, there is. Did did you did you suffer a person? Did you? Yeah, that was the key. Did you suffer an injury or death because of X Y Z? And I'm like. I'm not really sure that cell phone coverage is that good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, really? that's that's a very expensive ad yeah. placement. <laughs> the afterlife. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, but um no, that's the thing too. So I mean, you you, you call up a, a couple of really important things too. I mean, um, like going back to the the whole thing with um, you know, the the differentiation. Um, if somebody is looking for, you know, this is you know, the thing about personal injury is that, you know, sometimes when you have these monster cases and there's not somebody that somebody could be referred to, um, you know, you get really one shot at this recovery. So I would say, look, you know, if I had some kind of crazy thing again, you know, that, that was going to ruin my life and blah, 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 um, you know, I'd want to make sure I was I was with somebody who got some big recovery. So, you know, that 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 ad copy around having a billion dollars in, in recoveries is probably super powerful for those guys. Mm-hmm.
1: And the funny thing though, is my thought would be, what if I'm too small for them to care? You know, what if I only am looking for like twenty grand? So I that's mean, pretty
0: interesting, is, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and but that comes back to knowing their audience. You know, maybe they only deal with a million dollar and up. You know, type of of settlements, all those various things.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely say I've, I've I've spoken to those uh, <laughs> spoken to prospects that that definitely only want the billion dollar settlements. <laughs> mm-hmm. <That's>
1: right. <laughs> You know, and and that's great. They know exactly, and, you know, okay, I have to admit, one of my absolute favorite TV programs in the world is Suits. And, you know, they're not going to take on, you know, at at whatever the name of that firm is, the little bitty cases, because that's just not who they are, you Mm -hmm. know. And and, and it does come back to, you know, and, and I talk about this on many, many, many of my programs. You absolutely have to know who you want to reach, um, You know, I'm just befuddled when I go to networking events, and, and realtors are famous for this. I will say, so what type of properties do you represent? And they say, anything. And I'm like, commercial, residential, apartments, duplexes, and they say, anything. Well, then I'm lost. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I don't want you, you know, selling the, the strip mall and then trying to sell my house at the same time. So you have to...
0: <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, yeah. the jig is up <laughs>
1: yeah, sorry, I know you. Um, you really have to fine tune who you're going to reach out to and, and you know as, as we've said many times on the program that's very hard for a small business because we've got bills we have to pay you know all these various things but if you're not reaching the right people to start with all you're doing is wasting your time and your energy and you know all those various things spinning your wheels so why not you know, figure out who you want to reach at the very start.
0: Yeah. Well, and this is another thing too, like you kind of see like, you know, there's, there's kind of a, you know, a positive and a negative spin on like there's, there's a positive and a negative cycle that, that stems from this problem. Oh. And, uh, you know, you've probably seen this a million times yourself. So, but it's like, sometimes you get in this cycle where, uh, you know, if, if this could be any, any business, um, you end up taking on clients that aren't the best fit for your expertise right. level. And because the thing they is, they
1: were going to pay you.
0: Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're spread too thin um, because, you know, you're trying to figure some stuff out. And it's, you know, the thing is that a lot of the times that the clients that you can do the best work for, um, once you've really established a niche, are the ones that are actually the easiest for you. So, you know, you could have sometimes, you know, one client that is, is something that's not like necessarily in your wheelhouse could be taking the space of three or five clients that are, are, that are in your wheelhouse. And then all of a sudden you're spread too thin, um, you know, you're, you're caught up in the client and this is, you know, this is, this is really, uh, you can see this a lot in people who are just starting a business out and they're, they're kind of still solo. Um, you know, they can, they can get spread too thin and all of a sudden, you know, you're not, uh, you know, you're not growing out your business and then all of a sudden, oh, okay, now here's the cycle again. Oh shoot, bills are coming up again. Um, I wasn't out there getting more of my ideal clients because I've been too busy working on my non-ideal clients. You take on more non-ideal clients and then all of a sudden you're in, in sort of a rut. Um right. And the flip side of that is, you know, if, if you end up having, um, you, you end up getting those, those ideal clients, it actually makes your workload less. You're doing better work. You're building a better name for yourself. And then you can actually take the time to invest in marketing yourself uh, yourself however much you want. And then, um, you know, the flip side of that is when you have more clients and you know what to deal with, that means you can be more selective. You know, m- maybe you think you want to work with one kind of client, but all right, maybe I want to work with this kind of client. Plus they're established. Plus they have budget. Plus, they're going to give me three referrals on the way in. So those are the kind of things that you can you can get going when you have your marketing running at in, in, in full tilt.
1: Right. Well, and all you have to do is look at the examples that that are out there already as to you know who marketers are trying to reach. You know, and and um, typically TV is kind of one of those things where you know I will look at something and go, well, okay, I'm not, this TV program that's on doesn't match with. You know, maybe it's, you know, uh, you know, a, a TV program that's that is primarily targeting, say, teenagers mm-hmm. and say a Macy's commercial runs. It's like, oh, well, wait a minute. You you don't even have the right people who are watching the program. Um, but, you know, who knows? Maybe they're thinking, OK, you're sitting there with mom or, you know, all those various things. But the, the big time marketers really have figured out where they're going to get the biggest bang for their buck. And I always laugh at Super Bowl commercials because there's so many times where I'm thinking, OK, you just wanted to say that you had a Super Bowl commercial and the people who buy your product or your service aren't football fans. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, you know, let's let's spend that million dollars elsewhere and, you know, and really get the type of people that you want.
0: Yeah. And well, this is kind of the tragedy of that stuff, too, because it's like, you know, unless somebody is really taking the time to educate themselves on marketing, the most pervasive uh, examples of marketing that we have are, you know, advertising, you know, it's, it's brand advertising from stuff like Super Bowl commercials where it's like, OK, look, if I if I tell a story about a dog that fell in love with a horse to you know sell Budweiser, we're gonna see a you know 0.2% uptick in our convenience mm-hmm. store sales in the next two weeks after the Super Bowl, which amounts to you know however bajillion dollars that that is. Right. But you know, if you follow that kind of thing and you're coming up with some kind of clever jingle for, you know, your local business, it's like you don't have the luxury to to invest in that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you need to have something where it's like, you know, you're targeted. Um, you have a, a reason. You have to have an offer that's going to get people to, to pick up the phone and call you, and you got to make sure you have a way to follow up with them. Otherwise, you know, you just don't have the ability. But it's like it's kind of sometimes funny because this is kind of the uh, like the perversion of this whole. I mean, I think it's it's established that you have to spend money to make money, but sometimes people will use that as justifications for doing totally silly things.
1: Right. You know And and you know, kind of back to the online world. One of the nice things that I have found, at least, for both Google and Facebook, is. Their people are actually really pretty good at helping you. Um, sure, they want you to spend money, but they also know that if you don't get results, you're not going to spend more money. And so, you know, the, when I've had to actually deal with them, they've been pretty good at walking me through. You know, let's tweak this. Let's do that a little bit differently.
0: Yeah, no, it's awesome. I've gotten some really great support from from both of those companies, and it's um, you know, it's it's good, especially like you know, um, and it's also kind of funny is I, I've seen some clients ramp up pretty high. Uh, Bell, they really rolled out the red carpet once you get up to some certain s- speeds, but um, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's it's all it's all in alignment. Like you know, there's there's kind of like you know the magic triangle of of where I think things end up being successful with online marketing is you have to have it. It's, it's going to have to be a win win win. So it's got to be a win for the uh, for the ad network. It's got to be a win for the person who's running the. ad. Uh, it's got to be a win for the client, and it's got to be a win for their potential customer. So, and that's kind of like the thing we talked about with the relevance score. So, if if you have that, you know, that ad that's performing super well, it's not performing super well because it's not in alignment with the client. Um, you know, the person who's going to end up picking, you know, let's say, well, I will just use a law firm for example, but it's, you know, the the person who needs to hire a lawyer is seeing an ad that they like and they click on it. Google's happy because they're making a good amount of uh, per impression. The law firm's happy because they have somebody that matches, and the client's going to be happy because they found somebody that's qualified that's going to be able to help them out. So, you know, these these the whole best practices with with you know with targeting and really doing your research and making sure that you're getting into your prospect's head and, and and presenting them something that that is reaching them and meeting them where they're at. Um, you know, the, the world sorts sort of starts to open up once you can, once you kind of figure out the, uh, you know, the, the mental jujitsu behind that stuff.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, Jan, holy cow, we are almost out of time. So tell folks how they find you and connect with you online.
0: Alrighty. So, um, my principal site is expertengines.co. Um, but, uh, I also have a site for the book, which we're going to get in the show notes. Um, if you guys, if anyone's interested in, uh, in taking a look, uh, we actually have a free plus shipping offer that I'm going to get live at, uh, legalmarketingfastcom legal slash mile high. Perfect.
1: Perfect. I love it. You know, and uh, you know, it's, it's something that whether you're in the legal field or not, this information is fabulous because we do want to build our business hello I don't know hmm. anybody who doesn't want to build their business so the, the tips that that Jan talks about really do apply to anybody um, you know obviously it's, it's specific to the legal market but there's there are a lot of very similar industries financial um, you know CPAs all of those very things that those are very similar type of markets that really can benefit but anybody can benefit from knowing how to target, how to, you know, how to really figure out where the best place is to be spending your marketing dollars.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Great. Well, I am Deb Creer. I have been having a fabulous time talking with Jan Roos. And until next week, everyone have a great day.
0: Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.